Providing insight into healthcare from a multidisciplinary approach, this is the Fostering Wellness Podcast. I'm registered massage therapist Matt Wells, a rehab professional, joined by my co-host, Joel Foster, a psychotherapist and mental health professional. Let's get better together. And welcome back to the next episode of the Fostering Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wells, joined as usual with my co-host, Joel Foster. Hello, everyone. And so today we're going to be talking a bit about insurance, uh, kind of a hot button issue for uh, many reasons, because, you know, they tend to pay us when we're doing our work. Yes, and so yes they do. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. But bringing up some uh, possible downsides and negative uh you know, effects of insurance can be a little bit contentious in our fields, but yeah. uh, we're going to try and navigate that as best we can without we, getting too heated. We love a good hot, hot button uh, topic. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, how's your week been, Joel? Oh, it's been good. Good, good. Um, been coping with some allergy stuff, but uh, aside from that, you know, work's been all right. Um, don't think I have any interesting stories to share, but um, I don't. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> sometimes weeks just be like that. Yeah, sometimes weeks are just like that. It was a bit of a blur, actually. And uh, I'd say, um, you know, big thing was work was, you know, semi-busy. So I'm pretty happy with that. Nice. Um, yeah, doing a little bit of work around the house. Good stuff. But nothing too intense. Nobody from our audience reached out to rent your apartment yet? No, 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 no. We got it rented, though. Okay, yeah, congrats. That's so, good. So, yeah, thanks, yeah. So that's done, and uh, yeah, it's been a pretty <laughs> regular week. Actually, I feel like I always have a story to tell. Yeah. No. Anyway, do you have a story to tell? Not really. <laughs> um, I mean, we did just book our uh, our vacation at the end of oh, nice. uh, August. We're doing like a cross uh, province trip. Oh, nice. So we're going to be going hitting some spots that we've never been to before, and uh, some breweries along the way, and yeah. then uh, we're designating like a week to do that. Yeah, we, we did that uh, last couple summers, actually. We did like, uh, you know, the, the Bonavista area, and we did the West Coast, and went up to Grossmore and all that. Yeah, we're going to be going up to like Northern Peninsula. It's uh, my partner's, my partner's great-grandma's 104th birthday this 104th birthday this, that happened this past weekend unfortunately we couldn't make it out for that but uh, we're gonna be up this summer anyway she's just getting her on the phone tell her to give us some health tips she, she knows more about healthcare than any of us man she's lived that long um wow. and i haven't met her yet so it'll be a good opportunity oh, nice. yeah that's awesome um, but yeah so that's that's life yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so i know when we were talking about bringing up uh, insurance and uh, this kind of stuff uh, and you had some ideas of what you'd like to talk about with accessibility. So why don't you yeah. start us off? Yeah. So I guess, um, you know, coming from a country that promotes socialized healthcare, um, it's not always as accessible as we would like it to be. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm going to, for now, avoid the public versus private healthcare debate because I feel like that's a little tangly and perhaps we could talk about that in another episode, but focusing, I guess, on the private, right. um, which would be the insurance. And it, it's, a, it's a bit of a, a you know, a, a contentious issue in, in my field because where with my designation, I'm not covered by a lot of insurances, right? 
And so there's, there's ways that I work around it. And, you know, I always get the client to check before, you know, they really commit to anything. Usually give them a call beforehand and say, hey, just a heads up, check it out. We'll see what we can do to work around it. Um, but, you know, there's so, even this in my office, you know, I, my designation is Canadian Certified Counselor, mm-hmm. um, registered with a board, the Canadian Counseling and Psychotherapy Association, which is a Canada-wide association that recognizes psychotherapists. Yeah. Um, but not all insurance companies. <laughs> so, I, like, I have people who in my office who are social workers, right. and they are covered. Uh, something that I guess was decided early on uh, that social work would be covered, but not my profession. Even though I have just as much education, I give the same interventions, I do the same kind of work. Yeah. Um, you know, charge the same amount of money. Like everything is the same. I'm even like footing, you, except. Yeah, you even work work in the same company, so it's I like I literally <laughs> work in the same company, right? Um. And it's just really unfortunate. And I mean, even for me, um, you know, I, I, where I'm private, I don't have my own insurance right now. So I go through my partners. She doesn't have coverage for CCC. You know, you can get coverage through social work and a psychologist. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that, Matt, is wait lists. Then, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, I'm going to foray a touch into the public. You know, a lot of public services have huge wait lists, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'd love, like, I, the programs are awesome. There's so much that our healthcare system offers. I mean, if you go on Bridge the Gap and you look through the service directory, there's all kinds of things that are offered, right? Mm-hmm. However, to get into a group, sometimes you can be waiting up to, you know, I had somebody, uh, a client, tell me they were supposed to do a, a group with the healthcare system, and it was over a year. I'm trying to remember how long it was. It was at least over a year. They had forgotten about it. They had forgotten that they had even <laughs> put in for it, right? Wow. And, and so, you know, they were coming to me, but they also didn't have coverage for me, right? And they yeah. were paying out of pocket. And they were like, don't mind, like don't mind doing that because I'm having trouble finding somebody else who I am covered for. That's awful. Right? Yeah. And, and and some, I, I'm not sure, you know, how sticky they are in the social work, but, you know, um, psychologist is usually the one that gets the most money put into it. You can go see a psychologist. Insurance companies will give you, like, you know, a grand or maybe two grand, depending on what you purchase. Right. Right? If, if you're a, a company purchasing, purchasing insurance for your employees... You can upgrade, mm-hmm. right? But if you want to get covered by CCC, you got to pay more money, right? Right. When in all reality, we're doing the same work as the social workers. So it puts more of a burden on the um, the person come to see you. It's like yeah. you either have to pay more or you have to wait and not get treated. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's terrific. Right, and and so I guess. What I'd like to see, and, and what be, what's being worked on now is a um, a board for Newfoundland. We have our own uh, psychotherapy board. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it's going to look like yet, but it is in the works. I've talked to colleagues. It's in the works. Um, 
it's kind of one of those things, oh, it'll be on the horizon, it's coming soon. Mm -hmm. But I was hearing whispers of that during my education. So that was uh, a couple of years ago now, at least two, if not three years ago, I, I was starting to hear the whispers of that. Right. And still nothing, I don't see it in the news, I don't hear like anybody talking about it. So it seems like it's pretty, pretty far out there. Right. Um, but once that comes in, then hopefully we can all get registered through that and insurance companies will just recognize that board right. as being covered. Right. But until then, we're kind of left to being like, hey, yeah, you might have coverage for it, but you have to check. Right. Right. And, and it's really unfortunate to see that. And I'd love to see that changed. Um, either by the insurance companies mm -hmm. or this board hopefully will bring something about. So your designation is like federally recognized, but because you don't have a provincial like college, yeah, it it makes it hard for people specifically in provinces where there aren't colleges like Newfoundland, like where we are, to get that kind of treatment covered. Yeah. And it's almost like impossible unless you do have a provincial jurisdiction. Yeah, exactly. So that's, uh, it's interesting because my profession is similar. Okay. But the opposite side of the coin. So mm. uh, Newfoundland is registered for uh, registered massage therapists, RMTs, which is my designation. Okay. But there's, there are provinces that don't have that designation. And so the way it works, like if you're in a registered province and you go through school and you get your diploma, you write your board exams. Okay. And if you pass both your board exams are written in a practical, you then become an RMT in those registered provinces. Mm. But if you're in an unregistered province and you go to school there, you can get a diploma, but you're never going to be an RMT. Wow. So you can't get coverage from insurance. And not only that, there's no guarantee that the stuff you're learning in that school would even prepare you to take the board exams were you to move. Mm. So you may actually have to redo a lot of your schooling really? in a different province until they get their registers yeah. uh, registered. So it's it's similar. It's a similar thing. Yeah. It's, uh, but people who get the diploma don't even get a designation in those mm. unregistered provinces, which is wild. So you could go to like a weekend course and call yourself a massage therapist in those provinces, theoretically. Or you can go to like a two-year diploma and tell yourself the same thing same thing and there wouldn't be any delineation between the two wow really yeah. i didn't yeah. know that newfoundland is registered so we're one of the ones but um i think right now it's newfoundland new brunswick and ontario bc and i want to say pei okay and then that's it oh really yeah I, alberta might have got theirs but there's still like many other provinces like saskatchewan and like quebec and all those other ones yeah. that uh, are not registered yeah it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, you know, going back to the, the accessibility piece, you know, uh, obviously you're here in Newfoundland, so it's not that big of an issue for you. Yeah. But yeah. I would imagine then in, in uh, provinces like Saskatchewan, that that would probably be sticky than what you could get coverage for. Yeah. So imagine. that's the other part of it, too. If I or any RMT in a registered province were to move to an unregistered province, yeah. I mean, aside from possibly pay, I don't think there would be that much difference between an RMT and a massage therapist there because mm. there's no registered board for you to be an RMT. Wow. You could say was previously an RMT or holds like uh, an active registration in a registered province, but that doesn't really mean a whole lot to many people in those provinces. Sure, <laughs> right? sure. Um, 
yeah, no, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but there are professions like ours that are just not covered, and you yeah. know we can help many people if it was because one of the barriers to entry for a lot of people is cost. Yeah, cost of healthcare is huge. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, me who's someone who's still fairly new to the private game, um, you know, I, I have space. Mm-hmm. Right, and and I'd love to see more people, but you know, there have been times where they've come and been like, oh. I checked and I'm not covered, so I'm going to have to try to find something else. Yeah. Right? And they might have to wait. Uh, I know in, in my, at least in my office, you know, my colleagues, they're busy. Yeah. Right? They've been at this for a lot longer than I have. Yeah. Um, so they're pretty f- filled up. Mm-hmm. And it might be like a month or, or two month wait just to see them. Yeah. Right? And Meanwhile, here just, I am, yeah. like, <laughs> ready to go, come on in and see me, but yeah. not covered for it. That's right? one of the most uh, common questions I got when I went out on my own, um, was, do you have direct billing? So mm. <laughs> even aside from coverage, just being able to, like, be more convenient in that aspect was already huge. Like, I was seeing people, you know, there are people who can afford to see me and just pay the full amount. Yeah. But... If you offer even just on the convenience side of things to be able to direct bill their own insurance companies, that was already an immediate in regardless of what they could pay. So even putting aside that barrier of cost, the convenience side of it is also huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, still working out some kinks with that, but uh, it certainly would be easier if I was just covered by more insurance companies. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listing insurance companies, cover me. <laughs> pay up <laughs> <laughs> pay up now what, what are your thoughts on insurance but I, I know you had a couple interesting points you wanted to make about it yeah so i kind of wanted to take people on a little journey right now i love a journey so we're gonna life's a journey yep so sit back <laughs> crack a beer drink some water whatever you got going on make some popcorn and uh i'm gonna walk everybody through the process of insurance And at the end of that process, I'm going to explain two points why I think our current setup for motor vehicle accident insurance, which is a very common thing, like motor vehicle vehicle accidents happen all the time and many people get injured and have to come see people like me or yourself or many healthcare professionals to help out with injuries, and why that can actually set people up for failure or at least put a big barrier up to recovery. Mm -hmm. So let's say you get into a car accident. and you come out with some substantial injuries that you need rehabilitation for. Um, At that point, you are probably looking into healthcare professionals. So whether you have like uh, musculoskeletal injuries, maybe some like trauma, PTSD, anything like that. So your first step is probably going to your uh, physician. And they're probably going to refer you to somebody like us in a more like specific specialized setting. Yeah. if you have insurance, I know this is the case in Newfoundland, yeah, and I think Ontario and a couple other provinces, but I can't speak to every single province because I'm mostly familiar with Newfoundland. Okay. So, in Newfoundland, but make sure people check out your own provinces, <laughs> you have to use all of your personal insurance and run that dry before you get your Section B coverage. And so many people will then ask what's Section B. Mm-hmm. So Section B is kind of a no-fault benefit that happens with insurance companies. So let's say your automotive insurance company is X, Y, and Z insurance company. Yeah. But your private health care is through something like 
maybe like Great West Life or Blue Cross, something like that. Sure. Before you get the coverage from your automotive insurance, which in Newfoundland is up to $25,000 for up to four years, whichever one hits first, that's when the cutoff is, okay. which is a pretty substantial amount. Yeah. You have to run up your private insurance, which you can use at any point. So section B is specifically for motor vehicle accidents. Yeah, okay. So once you use up all of your personal insurance, let's say you are seeing a professional, like a rehab professional, and you're, you know, you recover. You're fine. Like you, you're maybe there for multiple sessions over the case of a few months. And after that, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. A couple months after that, let's say you get an injury and it's still within that year that you used all of your insurance. Yeah. You have nothing left. And so what happens then? Uh, you have to pay the full cost for the current injury that you have. Mm. So that's the first problem Yeah. is if you go into a car accident and you have some injuries, um, they could be very damaging, or they could even be like some benign injuries, like it's yeah. a muscle strain or something like that. Uh, you would be using all your private insurance, and then if you get injured later on in that year, you have nothing left to cover you. Mm. So it almost it forces you to use something that you really should have the freedom to use because we have this other coverage that is specifically, specifically for, for injuries that, yeah. that we cannot even touch until you use all the stuff that you pay for. Okay, yeah, I'm seeing that picture. It's not a very nice picture. No. You're painting over there, man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so then Section B will kick in, and then uh, you have to deal with, like, the automotive insurance company, and then all the insurance adjusters with that. But that's the first problem with the the way we have insurance set up specifically for motor vehicle accidents is you have to use all of your own before you even can touch the $25,000 of coverage up to four years. Wow. Um, now, that brings me to the second point. Okay. So we're continuing along this story. So we've used all our personal insurance. Now we're dipping into Section B. Sure. When you start dipping into that fund, yeah. that benefit, um, usually what will happen is now you reach a point where you really have to prove that the person is still injured to continue coverage. Mm. So now that we're getting benefits usually the professional will have to start being in direct contact maybe probably beforehand too but uh, throughout the whole process you're talking to the insurance adjuster for this particular person's case okay uh when section b starts to kick in insurance companies unsurprisingly do not want to pay a ton of money <laughs> so they really don't like doing that they really don't like doing no. that and that's you know what it's perfectly reasonable you don't want to like shell out a ton of money but if someone did, someone's injured that's what it's there for yeah um, so the name of the game at that point becomes you have to essentially show that the person still has injuries related to the accident to continue coverage. And so what that ends up looking like is the adjuster or the company will send you over reports to fill out mm -hmm. after every treatment cycle. Yeah. And in these reports, they'll usually ask some very common questions like, um, what are the person's subjective complaints? Any, what are the objective findings that you have? Uh, what's your impression about where they are in the re recovery process? What are your recommendations? Uh, everything to do with the case. Yeah. What they don't ask, really, and what's not really focused on is not necessarily how good they're feeling, but more so, why are they still injured? Yeah. And so yeah. if you're only focusing on how disabled someone is, how can we reasonably expect someone to feel better? Yeah. yeah. So 
if someone has like shoulder pain and it started off like a 10 out of 10 pain, they could barely move their shoulder. And then, you know, maybe a couple months down the line, a few months down the line, whatever amount of time, their shoulder is feeling a bit better. Mm. They can move it up like a certain amount, pain's down to like a six or five out of 10, like there's actual progress there and they're excited about it. And then to fill out the report, you have to be like, okay, so what are your complaints? What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, why, yeah. why do you feel so bad? Like, yeah. what are the, all the problems we can pick out from your shoulder? And then we have to write that down. And then they're going through the whole process. And it almost, it, it reframes their shoulder progress as still being negative. Yeah. And so instead of saying, you know what? I can move my shoulder up a lot further than last time. They're more so going to say, yeah, it still hurts. Yeah. Like, I'm still getting issues with it. It still sucks. And so that repeats every treatment cycle. Yeah. You always have to... Talk to someone about how messed up they are, how messed up they feel, and like the lack of progress is the main focus. Yeah. And so if we're expecting insurance to cover treatment and the treatment's goal is to get someone better, should we not be focusing on the benefits, like how good they're feeling rather than all the complaints? Because it's always like subjective complaints, subjective complaints, clinical impression, how messed up are they? What more do they need? Rather than saying... Literally says, how messed up are they on the sheet? Yeah, yeah literally, yeah, yeah. How messed up is this person? No, no. <laughs> But in different words, yeah, 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 that yeah. could be the oh, interpretation. 100%. No, I, I certainly get know what you're saying. So that's my, that's my issue with it. It's, it's more so... The reimbursement aspect of insurance is more so based off of number of times you see somebody rather than the actual progress that they're making. Yeah. Um, and I've had situations like that. I've had situations in which an insurance company has like reached out Mm-hmm. And been like, hey, we have this client that's using your services. It's yeah. been so long. Um, what's going on basically is what they're looking for. And when they send a report and ask the questions, similar questions, right? Yeah. And, you know, for me, you, you're working with the client. And you, you, like you said, you know, there might be progress. Mm-hmm. But even when I'm filling out the report, I, I don't over, over... I don't emphasize it as much as I would emphasize it to the client. You know, what I'm writing to the insurance company and what I'm saying to the client is probably going to look a bit different. Yeah. Um, not because I'm, I'm trying to manipulate or anything like that, but mm-hmm. to really defend the client. You know, they're, sure, there's, there's yeah. progress, but there's still a lot of progress to go. Yeah. Right? And so I usually talk about how they're engaging and how they're working through it mm-hmm. and their signs of improvement however you know here's everything that's still going on exactly right because you know if they don't see that and they just see progress they're like oh they're they're probably fine then we're gonna cut off coverage exactly is that fine yeah Yeah? done doing it anyway don't care and you know I, i i'm trying to think how many insurance companies i've had to do that for i don't think it's many for the most part the insurance company just deals with all that doesn't really ask many questions yeah um but something else that came up in my mind when you're talking about it is how much money you get for a year mm-hmm. right um and you know when i said i gave the example of a psychologist for maybe a thousand or two thousand dollars depending mm-hmm. on how much you put into it mm-hmm. um quite often i get people come to me and be like hey i have like uh you know like 600 to like 800 i think is uh, is fairly common for the year yeah and I was like, okay, well, you have some very intense trauma we have to work through. So then we have to like negotiate how often we're going to see each other. Yeah. You know, and, and 
there's been times where, you know, I've, I've you know, I, I do like a week and maybe a check-in after the two weeks and they're like, okay, you're, you've dipped into a fair bit of my insurance money, but I want to keep doing this work. And it's like, okay, well, we'll have to see each other like once a month. Yeah. Which, you know, I can work with that, but then that's a lot of work on me to, and the client, yeah. to, you know, be okay for that month, take the work on themselves. And for me, I still have to connect with that client, mm-hmm. you know, being from a person-centered um uh, you know, philosophy, if you don't see a client for a month, you got to like go back and like, be like, okay, hold on. Who was this? What was going on? Yeah. Trying to remember the nuances and all of that. And you're like, okay, you know, I got, I got a good idea and and you do the session. You're like, okay, see you in another month. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) You know, and and so often the session is just a lot of catch up. Yeah. Right. Where it would be better, like say two weeks, every two weeks we see each other. That gives um, more frequent follow-ups mm-hmm. gives a little more opportunity, um, and, and it's just really unfortunate that it's confined by how much money they have yep. based on insurance, right? right? Um, anyway, that's that came into my mind when you were talking about you know people having to use up their private, yep, right, and and for the year, and if they you know like you say go through a, a trauma or something intense and they have to use that all up front. Right, yeah, and then they get into, the, and then their father dies. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, this is an intention I'd like to talk about. It's like, oh, okay, well, you're gonna have to find somebody who's yeah, covered, exactly, or put yourself on a wait list for, uh, you know, a, a program. Yeah, with the, with the public. I'll tell you, like one of the more difficult things that happens too throughout that process, like when you use up your insurance company and then you have to go through Section B, is they only want to know about the injury specific to the accident too. Yeah. So let's say while you're recovering, you get another injury in the middle of it, not even after, but yeah. in the middle of it. Like, And so at that point, <laughs> you have to like, officially tell the client... We're going to ignore your injury. <laughs> like, we can't do anything for you. Like, I know you came in here because you had a, you were in a car accident with your shoulder. Yeah. And that was really painful. And then you got a lower back injury. Uh, we had to ignore your lower back. Yeah. Like, nah, it's not for us right now. We're going to be doing this stuff with the shoulder. And then they're like, well, my lower back really hurts. And it makes it hard for me to move to help my shoulder. It's like, well, insurance <laughs> well, isn't going to. And that's so relevant to me too, Matt. You know, you, you start digging into something like a car accident. And it's like, well, I was traumatized by being hit by a car when I was young. And driving now is a trigger for me. Yeah. And so this this accident had its own trauma in it and was different. But there's some residual trauma from before. And you're like, okay, well, say if you're doing up a report, yeah. you still have to talk about the presenting issue yeah. that they came with. Right. While also simultaneously acknowledging that some of that work is going to be connected with some things that maybe have happened in the past or some other sort of psychological injury that happened along the way. Yeah. Right. And, and so then you have to find that balance of being like, OK, I'm OK doing this work. You know, like I'll I'll sit and do that work, but mm-hmm. say if I do have to do a report or something like that, it still has to be on that focus on what it is that's happening, the presenting issue that they went to insurance for in the first place. Yeah, well, it's like at that point, like what we're talking about here, who is the main driver of the treatment? 
Like, shouldn't it be yes. the therapist and the client? Yeah. Like, wouldn't we at together know more about the recovery and like where we're going and all the nuances of it versus some insurance company that has not <laughs> seen the person in like face to face at all? Like, yeah. it's probably talked to them on through email a couple of times. Yeah. And then they're forcing this ultimatum on both of us, like you need to get them better and you need to get better within this arbitrary amount of time, yeah. regardless of what's happening. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't really work like that. No. Like if we were to bring up uh, like tissue healing times for like, in my case, like someone has like a really bad muscle strain or whiplash or something like that. Some, some sort of injury from a car accident, like the tissue can heal just fine within the normal amount of time. And it, yeah. it always does. Cause that's the tissue healing times. Like yeah. it's a range but there are just as many people that fall outside of that range because of a variety of, of factors. Like, we could talk about, yeah, his the tissue, the actual tissue has healed. But this person is still in pain. And yeah. many people have pain for years after a car accident because of the car accident. Yeah. So then it becomes, like, the language that we use, like, in my case, with the reports are very biomedical. Like, I don't like that. It's not what I normally do with clients. Yeah. But... Those are the reports I had to fill out. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, so we did this like orthopedic test, yeah. had a bunch of them, yeah. they all came back negative. The range of motion is okay. But this person tells me when they go home, they still can't bend over and pick up their kids. They still can't do the stuff that they like to do. They still can't drive for very long. And unfortunately, there's no orthopedic test that resembles driving for four hours to go to work <laughs> there's no orthopedic test that no. resembles picking up a squirmy like 20 pound child and carrying them on your shoulder like these things are very non-specific yes so to me it doesn't matter whether one of these are negative or positive because the person is still affected from the accident yes but how do you how do you come up with like a report that says test is negative 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 range of motion is fine full range of motion that's all good and then say we need more treatment yeah exactly it's like yeah <laughs> the biomedical model does has not trouble work. picking up kids <laughs> yeah, yeah has trouble picking up kids still can't enjoy life still very like extremely de- uh, disabled because of the accident despite all those things that just wrote yeah so yeah. and and i mean you know but for man on my side of things if you think about also efficacy of treatment right like so for example i think the recommended treatment length for like a cognitive behavioral therapy um you know uh program we'll say or um treatment mm-hmm. is the word i was looking for they recommend 12 se- 12 sessions right right but you know if you look at the prices for uh, for um seeing any mental health professional, you'll quickly do the math and realize that most insurance will not cover 12 sessions. Well, I mean, you said 600 to $800. Was that like seven sessions, eight <laughs> sessions? Like, <laughs> it's... Maybe. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Depending on who right. you're seeing, maybe. Yeah, because if you have to go see a psychologist, typically they charge a little bit more. Yeah. A little bit more schooling and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um so then you're limited there, right? And and so then you're like, okay, we should do 12 treatments or do 12 sessions, you know, and you have your, your process, like your, uh, I won't go through the whole process, but basically there's steps to be taken. You have to build up a good therapeutic alliance. You have to actually, you know, identify the real problems and then get into actual work. And then that takes a good period of time. Yeah, now jam that into half the sessions. Yeah. So as a therapist, then it's on me to say, okay, 
where can I cut corners so that they're still able to come see me but are still getting a, a treatment that's going to be um, like valuable. Valuable. Yeah. Right? That's wild. How do you decide that? <laughs> you <laughs> well, know? That's, that's where right. we're at. Yeah. How do you decide that? But, um, yeah, for anyone listening, like these are the... These are the kind of things that go on behind the scenes with like yeah. rehab professionals when we're dealing with the public in, uh, you know, in both a therapy setting, but also dealing with like the insurance side of things and coverage and trying to figure out how to plan treatments. There's a lot more that goes into it than just like this person needs X sessions, so we're going to book X sessions. It's, yeah. We wish it was like that. Yeah. But in the real world, there are so many barriers to actually providing the adequate care adequate care that we feel is deserving of a client yeah. uh, and one of those barriers is unfortunately the same thing that pays us yeah <laughs> which is hugely like inappropriate in my opinion yeah yeah um, and and just, i guess just to add a, a little point there you know i like what you said about you know i i don't know if i've come across any insurance companies kind of setting how many sessions but um, if you're familiar with employee assistant programs, mm-hmm. it's a similar idea, right? A company yep. pays into it and they give some, um, quite often I'll have to tell them how many sessions I think it's going to take. I haven't met the client. Right. <laughs> They'll be yeah. like, how many sessions do you think this presenting issue will take? Ah, I, I don't know. I yeah. can take a stab at it, but like, but then I'll be like, well, 12 for a good and they're like okay you get three yeah it's like hmm, sweet okay i will do what i can and you just got to switch therapies and you got to give them you know typically with things like that i gotta you know focus on a more solution-based problem uh problem focused uh therapy yeah which is good it still gives them something 100 percent. i'm not going to take away from that it's better than nothing let's let's acknowledge that man (laughs) yeah it's better than sitting at home and just dealing with it yourself better than nothing yeah Yeah. you know 600 and 800 is better than nothing however that's not our argument our argument is that it's not enough yeah right yeah and uh yeah i've had experience with that too with uh workers comp Mm -hmm. um like with rmts they'll give they have a hard cap on how many sessions and they only do like half hour sessions at a time they won't pay a full hour i don't even deal with them to be honest like when i found that out when i went on my own i was like it's just it's not worth it for anybody involved yeah like it's just it's not a good program no Uh, at least for my profession yeah which is unfortunate but anyways that's another uh, ranty episode (laughs) a lot of doom and gloom there um i guess you know maybe to offer something positive there are people who are working to improve access. Um, I know some people, um, I, don't, I know one of my old profs is involved in trying to get things moving and mm-hmm. it's really good to see that. And yeah. if I guess we were to offer something to the listeners, be aware. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have questions about it, ask your uh, private healthcare professional. Yeah. Um, because certainly, I know, uh, for me at least, I want those questions. Mm-hmm. If you're unsure how much coverage you have or if you're going to be nervous about it or anything like that, I think that that's something we should talk about up front. I want to get that out there and out of the way. Yeah. And to add on to that, um, if you're unhappy with it, be an advocate. Yep. Right? Say something. Mm-hmm. Say something to insurance companies or say something to, you know, the government or... Um, you know, anyone who has power to make some change. Yeah. Um, if you want change, have your voice be heard. 
I was going to say a similar thing. Like, the yeah. only way this stuff is going to change is if people start talking about it like this. Yeah. So the more people that are involved in the process, and um, for that's kind of why I wanted to talk about the whole, like, rehab process and yeah. how it plays into insurance, because a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. They, don't, they don't know at first if they've never been in a car accident, specifically in Newfoundland and other provinces that do this, that they have to run up their insurance. Yeah. That's, like, a big red flag. Yeah. So, I didn't know about the Section B stuff myself, so yeah. I learned something. There we go. Thanks, yeah. Matt. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, folks, that's another episode. And uh, Take care. Take care.